Um, all differentiators are strengths, but very few of your strengths are actually differentiators. Hey there, and welcome to a brand new episode of Delivering Marketing Joy. I am your host, Kirby Hossman, and joining me today is a brand new rock star. I'm so excited to dive into some of these questions today. He's the founder and CEO of Aggregate Insights. Brady Jensen, thanks so much for joining me, man. Glad to be here, Kirby. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I want to dive right in. You know, I think in many organizations, um, sales and marketing, it, it, it's so weird to me because it's like you'd think they'd be arm in arm. But in so many organizations, they seem like they're at odds. So why do you think that is and how could we possibly fix it? Yeah, I, I think it boils down to lack of trust. Mm -hmm. um, I started my career as a salesperson mm -hmm. um, for a number of years before moving over to marketing. And I remember as a seller, the number of salespeople who talked somewhat disparagingly about marketing, they assumed that everything was made up, that people weren't doing their diligence. Um, unfortunately, as a marketer, I learned that they were often right. Mm. Mm, wow. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a big, uh, that's a big deal. So, so how, how do you think we bridge the gap? Yeah, I think that uh, the biggest thing that marketing can do is bring receipts. Mm. You know, I've seen a lot of, of, marketing exercises that have been done in-house without the validation of the market. Mm -hmm. And I think that sales doesn't want to be the guinea pig for this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So validate everything first. Uh, and all of a sudden you find that sales does sit up and notice when you tell them that, hey, we've done our diligence over here. We've talked to 20 companies that you want to sell to right now and they gave us the roadmap for how they want to be spoken to, how they like to be sold to, how you get deals done with them. All of a sudden, these meetings that marketing comes and says, here's a new pitch. Here's a new playbook. We want to certify you on how to sell. And all these sellers say, well, you don't know how to sell. All of a sudden, they say, well, I don't care if you know how to sell because you talk to the people who we want to sell to. And that gets them to perk up. Pay attention because ultimately they want to close out their quota. Mm, that's great. I like that a lot. Brady, one of the things I've seen that you've said is that your best customer doesn't necessarily look like your next customer. I'm super curious to find out what you mean by that. Yeah, I, I, from my point of view, it's a pretty wide, widely accepted practice in product marketing circles to rely on the best customer for advice about how to go to market. Okay. Uh, my perspective, there's really two issues here. Uh, the first is that a best customer, by definition, is an outlier. Mm -hmm. They don't represent an average ideal customer profile that you sell to. And in a lot of cases, companies who love you as much as your best customer do, they oftentimes are maybe even more biased than employees at your own company. <laughs> uh, the second thing from my perspective is... Uh, they're often longtime customers and they have very little in common with who you want to sell to ne next. This is particularly an issue 
uh, in quickly developing markets. We work a lot with software companies where their best customers are early adopters. Mm-hmm. So they're going to advise you to talk to the market about making a dent in the universe, revolution. <laughs> this stuff scares the mainstream buyer to death. <laughs> yeah. They want to know that you're reliable and that you're de-risking decisions for them. Oh man, that's a great point. I hadn't thought about that. That's really good. I like that insight. So the other thing I, I want to talk to you about is differentiation. So many organizations just focus on their strengths. Can you talk about why we shouldn't focus on what we're good at as a differentiator? Yeah, I mean, it's entirely possible that what today is your greatest strength is something that the market does not value. Mm. I hate to say it, but the truth is a lot of things that get built are not necessarily built uh, with the customer in mind, especially again in the technology market that we serve. Um, All differentiators are strengths, but very few of your strengths are actually differentiators. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. It has to be more than just a strength. It has to be a strength that's run the gauntlet, so to speak. We work with our clients to talk about um, all differentiators in terms of, of four different hurdles they have to cross. The first is, is it unique? That doesn't mean that no one else is doing it, but you have to be doing something in a unique way to be able to cross that hurdle. Number two, is it durable? How quickly are the alternatives in the market able to neutralize this strength uh, once you put it out in the market? Um, is there a competitive moat, to paraphrase uh, Warren Buffett? The third is, is it provable? Can you prove in a way that is generally accepted by your ideal customers that this is a strength that they should care about? Mm-hmm. And then the last is the question of value. Uh, and the only people who can answer the question of value are the buyers themselves. So we work with companies to identify which of these attributes can cross the first three hurdles and then take that to buyers directly in market, have them help us understand which ones they actually value, stack rank them for us, and even allow us to understand in the context of the alternatives that are available for them to consider, how does it stack rank against those? Many times other companies are using the same playbook and they're just talking about what they're good at without noticing whether or not they're better than someone else at it. So it gives you a chance to think about it holistically in terms of what are we good at, right? But not stopping at that point and saying, all right, we checked the box. We had our hour meeting. We talked to executives. Let's get it out and start marketing it. Yeah, that's a really good point. I like that a lot. And the four the four pieces there are really valuable. Okay, final question for you. So I have seen you talk about finding a single source of market truth for sales and marketing. I like, I like that concept. But why do you think that's important? And what is that single source of truth? Right. <laughs> well, anybody who's been around a while knows that opinions, uninformed points of view, they run rampant within organizations. Yeah. Uh, especially at least in B2B where I've spent the majority of my time. Uh, When things aren't going well, this becomes more and more evident. Everything's going well. 
top of the funnels getting filled up by marketing, sales is closing deals, and these these issues tend to get um, shoved under the rug. Winning cures but, everything, right? <laughs> sorry, say that again. I said winning cures everything, right? Sorry, winning cures everything. Correct. Yeah. Um, but the but the risk of all that sort of shoving down of opinions, etc., is that things start to go a little more poorly. Leadership starts pointing fingers at each other. Everyone goes into self-preservation mode and they start looking for the problem and they oftentimes uh, choose to look elsewhere before they look uh, internally at themselves. So my perspective is this single source of truth is about looking at everything objectively, taking the opinions and the politics and the egos out of what, what, what is going well or not going well and focusing on this source of truth, which is the market, the data, you know, every, every time you have a conversation um, with organizations outside of the go to market, they want to tell you all about how they're a data driven organization, right? And all of a sudden you get into the go to market side and people start talking about opinions and putting their finger up in the wind to see which <laughs> way it's blowing. When yeah, sure. at the, in the, in the, in reality, there is a single source of truth um, for uh, everyone as well, which is looking at the customer, looking at what they have to say, the customer, meaning who you want to sell to next, as much as who you have in your roster today and the market. And the more you know about these things, the better you can have uh, a debate and a conversation about how to fix things. Uh, we work with com- companies all the time on things like win-loss analysis, which clears up all this doubt of why people are or are not buying. Is it product? Is it a sales motion? Is it the marketing funnels bringing in the wrong type of people? Validating differentiators, which we already talked about. Creating personas that uh, are created through, again, primary research so that you understand the motivations of these people what makes them tick, what makes them buy both from a personal as well as organizational level. And then market intelligence broadly to understand what's going on around you that could be contributing to the problems that you're facing. These are the things that really create a foundation of objectivity uh, that's really critical to success of both the sales and the marketing organization to get it right. Yeah, man, that's that's really cool. I think that, you know, at the end of the day, I've been in both the sales and marketing roles in different organizations. And when you feel like you're on, you know, a firm foundation of, of good data, you feel comfortable in the sales process for sure. Well, cool, man. This has been great, Brady. Uh, if somebody wants to learn a little more about you, where can they go? Uh, they can visit us at aggregateinsights.com. That's A-G-G-R-E-G-A-T-E insights.com. That's cool. Well, that's great. Brady, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. We'll have to do it again sometime, okay? Thank you. It's been great. Cool. Well, that's going to wrap up this edition of Delivering Marketing Joy. We'll see you next time. Delivering.